0: And joining us now, Certified Crop Advisor and Pest Control Advisor with Wilbur Ellis Agribusiness, Gina Colfer, is with us. Gina, great to catch up with you today. How are you?
1: Great, Jesse. Thanks for having me.
0: I appreciate the time, Gina. Thanks for joining us here today. We're talking sustainability and you know, looking at sustainability in agriculture, it's definitely been a hot topic in recent years. Why do you think that's the case? What has led to this expansion of the sustainability conversation per se?
1: Well, I think it's an increase in awareness from consumers and consumers um, talking to their grocery stores um, where they buy their products um, Are the products produced sustainably? Um, Walmart now has got a big push on sustainability and has put out guidelines for sustainability. So I think now, you know, a lot of growers have been practicing sustainability, but have they been documenting it? So I think now there's a big push to say, okay, what have we been doing sustainability? sustainability wise, and how are we documenting it and where are places where we can improve? And I know, you know, packaging is a big one that people are really worried about. But then, you know, water use is is huge. And especially out here in the West where I'm from, um, water and sustainability is, is really a big topic. So I think it's just the consumer becoming more aware and more educated and really pushing the buyers that then, push the shippers who then push the grower to um, prove what they're doing. So it's, you know, then it, it lands on the grower's plate to say, you know, kind of collect what they have going in the field and, um, and where they can improve and save money, reduce steps, um, and, um, and then document it.
0: It all kind of comes back to that consumer wanting to know more about where their food comes from, how it's grown, et cetera. It makes total sense. Well, Gina, thinking about sustainability on our farms, what are some tips that you could share that that farmers and ranchers can implement right now?
1: well like i said you know water and drought is a big deal here in the west i know in the midwest you guys have been experiencing you know some wonky weather this this year with reduced rain so you know i think it's um looking at where we can reduce and improve our irrigation practices um you know, go in and, and evaluate our distribution uniformity of our irrigation, because I think a lot of, you know, we've got areas where maybe our, um, our systems are older, they're leaking, they're um, not putting out consistent amounts of water across the field. So I think it's improving our efficiencies in how we irrigate our crops. And then, um you know, the the real biggie is increasing, you know, organic matter in our soils where we can hold more water instead of losing it to runoff, where if you have soils with um, less organic matter, um, more compaction, you know, it goes to that soil health component. um, Soils with really, um, higher amounts of organic matter have more water holding capacity and so are able to when it does rain hold on to that water better rather than it running off the field into our waterways and then, you know, possible contamination issues. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, really um, looking at our irrigation systems, how efficient they are, and then also, you know, the health of our soils and, and building that organic matter to try to hold on to that water that we do get
0: Yeah, and you think about that organic matter, I know sometimes cover crops can come into that picture as well as some of our our tillage practices as well, don't they, Gina?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, with soil health, really the big one is keeping roots in the ground at all times. So how do, how can we do that in how we've been managing our crops to this point? So, you know, as a grower who's got one or two crops per season, but then in between each crop or disking, right. And Mm -hmm. um, knocking down the residue, incorporating it into the soil. You know, you've got heavy machinery that causes compaction um, and then, with all of that tillage, you're kind of, you know, breaking down structure, you're burning off carbon to the atmosphere. So I think you look at ways to how we can keep roots in the ground. So if you've got a cover crop that you can plant during the winter, instead of um, going winter fallow, like in our case in the West, we do winter fallow. I think you guys might do some summer fallow stuff in the, in the, summertime. So if you can incorporate a cover crop into that time where there was the fallow, then you're keeping roots in the ground. But then also looking at how you incorporate that cover crop into your system. So when it's time to kill the cover crop, do you crimp it? Do you chop it and leave roots in the ground, which would be the ideal, but then you've got to you know, adjust your equipment and have um, equipment that's maybe strip till where you can come in and then plant within that residue. So it's looking at the equipment you have. Um, it's a whole different management system, but it's looking at that system to see, does it fit within my farming practice? And, and it really is a different way to think about things, but I know... Keeping roots in the ground, reducing tillage has a big, uh, plays a big part, a big role in um, uh, building organic matter in, in your soil. So it's where can that cover crop fit? And then how do you manage residue? And it's best, right, to keep that residue surface of your soil within your crop, because then you're reducing the um, evapotranspiration from your soil also. You're keeping that moisture at the ground level rather than losing it to the atmosphere.
0: Well, Gina, harvest ongoing right now across the country. And as we wrap up harvest, any thoughts, any tips on what farmers could do immediately after harvest is complete to kind of start working on the health of their soil?
1: Well, I'm a big proponent for if you can to keep that residue, that harvest residue in place, can you go in and flail chop the, the, plant that's left after harvest. You've taken, you know, you've taken your corn, you've taken your soybeans. Now can you come in and somehow kill that, but leave the residue on the surface and either plant a cover crop or, you know, whatever is the next crop that's going into that ground. Maybe it is another crop, but as long it's as long as you're keeping roots in the ground, that's the idea. So if you can eliminate those passes with the disc, that's where you can really save on um, preserving moisture because you're keeping the ground covered and you're keeping roots in the ground. So if you can, yeah, somehow keep that last crop and then plant your new crop into that residue, I think that's where you really can save. And then you think about, you know, all of the tractor passes that you have when you are disking each tractor pass, at least here on, you know, in the central coast, we look at it at about 40 to $70 per acre. Every time you just put a tractor in the field because of, you know, labor cost, um, uh, fuel, um, depredation of the, the equipment, um, so if you can reduce those passes, just right off the top, you're saving, you know, 40 to $70 per acre.
0: Well, Gina, fantastic thoughts. Before we run out of time, anything else we haven't covered on the sustainability uh, topic that you would like to mention today?
1: Oh, well, there's a lot <laughs> to
0: sustainability.
1: <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, we could do a show on each each topic, but... Um, you know sustainability we're looking at you know it's it's kind of cliche but it's people planet profit or you know um environment economics ethics so it's bringing all of those in together on the farm so the grower needs to be able to survive right and be able to make money off of his crop um but do it in a sound, environmentally sensitive way, where we're not losing topsoil or, you know, runoff of our um, uh, phosphorus into waterways or leaching the nitrogen out of the soil. So it's, you know, how can we preserve those um, vital nutrients that we have, and where cover crops can also sequester those nutrients, but, um, but then also, you know sustain our workers and be able to pay our workers and so everybody has to survive right we all need to thrive and so if we can set up some kind of um system on the farm where we're able to save monies and do things more efficiently then if the farmer thrives the community thrives because the commun- the farmer is the backbone of the community So I think it's looking at it in this whole, you know, whole systems approach.
0: Mm -hmm. Very, very true. Well, fantastic thoughts. And I'm sure if farmers have questions about anything related to their operation, reaching out to a certified crop advisor such as yourself or or someone else on the Wilbur Ellis team is is probably a, a great way to start if they have questions, isn't it, Gina?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wilbur Ellis, um, we're really trying to focus on being ecosystem service providers and being partners with our growers and and helping them make the right choices when it comes to, you know, cover crop selection, um, water management. So, yeah, um, you check our website. We've got branches all from you know west of the Mississippi, basically.
0: Well, Wilbur Ellis Agribusiness.com, a great place to start, or Wilbur com as well to get the latest contact information. With that, Gina Colfer with Wilbur Ellis Agribusiness. Appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future.
1: Okay, great, Jesse. Thank you for having me.